Hello, and a warm welcome to the Trap One Podcast. This is Jason. I'm um, Andrew Davis. I'm a fan writer of um, the podcast The Twelfth Doctor Fan Audios. Um, you can find me on Twitter as Scarves and Celery. Um, um, having far too many opinions um, about Doctor Who that make very little sense, but um, I like saying them anyway. And I'm Adam. Uh, you can find me normally on the Real McCoy podcast, which uh, is an in-depth look, as the name suggests, at the, at the Sylvester McCoy era. Uh, I also turn up on other podcasts and spout opinions that are only half thought out, as I also do on Twitter, uh, which you can find me on at uh, Adam J. Clay. Mark is offline and can't join us today, so I have stepped in with guest hosting responsibilities once again. This is an unscheduled crash episode of Trap One. Mark actually had another episode recorded and edited and ready to go, and then, as so often happens when you're not paying attention, life gets in the way. We are recording this on the last Saturday of September 2021, the last Saturday of autumn, or as we say here in the States, the last Saturday of fall. Yesterday, Friday the 24th of September, was the 18th anniversary of the day that Russell T. Davis was announced as the showrunner of the revival of Doctor Who. And yesterday, Friday the 24th of September, was also the day that it was announced on the 18th anniversary of the original announcement, when the original announcement of the show became old enough to vote, Russell T. Davis was once again named showrunner of the revival of Doctor Who. Now, 18 years, guys, let's let that one sink in. Uh, When RTD was announced the first time the show had been off the air, absent one American TV movie and a couple of comedic specials for about 14 years... This was a period of time that was so long that fandom even came up with a name for it, the Wilderness Years. And now the new series has been around even longer than that, 18 years. Uh, Have any of you guys imagined in 2003 that the new show was going to last this long? Um, I mean, you hope, but I was kind of... At 2003, I... I'd been a Doctor Who fan for a few years, but I'd kind of drifted away a bit, so I wasn't even that kind of like... I thought, oh, okay, that'll be a couple of years, and I'll probably watch it. And I, I didn't realise quite how much it would drag me back into fandom, uh, kicking and screaming. But no, 18 years seems insane, and actually, that's <laughs> ridiculous. Like the 50th anniversary was only, what, two months ago? So I don't know what you're talking about. Two months and <laughs> eight and a half years, yes. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, also, so I'm... Yeah, different perspective. I'm from the generation of fandom that was introduced through the revival. Um, I don't think in 2003, when it was announced that um, Doctor Who was coming back, I was quite aware of it at the time. It was only like in the months, few months leading up to um, Series 1 that I was actually aware that Doctor Who was a thing beyond this thing my parents told me about that they used to hide behind the sofa when they were watching it. I, I got those stories too. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I mean like, yeah, so I had no concept at that age. I was, I think 10 when the series started of, um, you know, the possibility that Doctor Who could end. So in that regard, I suppose I thought it could go on for 18 years, but as like, you know, I also had no concept of, you know, TV shows going on for that long either. So 
yeah, no, yeah. As an adult looking back at that news, uh, at that it's um it's bizarre. Eighteen years is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I feel I'm trying... old. <laughs> you feel old. You should worry. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> This is so long ago for me. I'm trying to remember where I was in 2003 and when I would have heard the news of the revival because I had already been a fan for 19 years at that point. That This may be the memory cheating, but my recollection is that the discovery of the then-missing Dalek's Master Plan Episode 2 was revealed at about the time that the RTD news was revealed. And I think I was more excited for the return of the first... Missing episode starring Adrian Hill's Katarina than I was for the announcement <laughs> of the new series. Because being in the States, I didn't have any confidence that I'd be able to watch the new show right away. And of course, the premiere of Rose was 18 months in the future, and so much could have happened. Here in the States, many shows get announced, but few actually get taken through to series. So I was kind of in skeptical disbelief. And now, of course, here we are. 18 years later, and I have opinions. So what I want to do is moderate a discussion with each of you, Adam and Andrew, about what this news means and whether or not we like it and what we can expect. But let me just set the stage first. I think it's fair to say that RTD's return is coming at what can probably be described as a fraught time for Doctor Who. Now, TV ratings have been down, but Ratings are down for everybody everywhere because there are so many other platforms to contend with. And at the same time, you have, and I think all of us are on Twitter, so we speak somewhat advisedly, but there is a vocal minority of, um, I'm going to call them politically motivated fans, who have been harshly critical of Jodie Whittaker, the 13th Doctor, probably because she's female more than for any other reason, and they're also harshly critical of our current showrunner, Chris Chibnall. Now, when you complain about Jodie Whittaker, what you're really doing is complaining about Chibnall. He's the man who writes Whittaker's words. He's the man who plots her story arcs. Uh, I'm sure we all have our own thoughts on the Series 13 finale, The Timeless Children, which has also caused some interesting (laughs) discussions on right-wing Twitter and on certain YouTube channels that I will not name. Um, But we've also seen editorials going out in pretty major publications calling for Doctor Who to be quote-unquote arrested, which I think as we call it here in the States, that means cancelled. When Chibnall announced last month that he was stepping down, um, I think the general reaction would have been, well, I can't wait to see who's going to replace him, and I can't wait to see what they're going to do differently. So uh, I'm going to ask you first, uh, Adam, and then I'll turn it over to you, Andrew. What was your gut reaction when you heard the news yesterday that the new showrunner was the same as the old showrunner? Well, I was at work, uh, luckily in a pretty empty office, and it was a fairly quiet day, and I just kind of glanced at my phone, and I saw it. And to be honest, I think for about five minutes, I was just staring at the news with my mouth open. Um... Because I, I would never even occur to me that he would come back. You know, I, he, you know, he, RTD came in, he, he revived the show to massive popularity. He did his, he did his four seasons and specials and went, and I just never even occurred. And to be honest, 
I it was a mix of emotions to the point where this this job I've started it's new it's it's and it, you know it's great but my boss had just happened to email me she's like oh you know are you having a good day and I, 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 I stared at this email for a bit not quite sure how to answer without going well that, actually it's complicated and the end I just went no it's I'm having a good day um, <laughs> but I. I I was, and in fact, if you look at my Twitter feed, you can see me go through this round of emotions where at first I'm just like, oh. And then I'm originally, I'm a bit like, but hasn't he said everything he's had to, got to say? Because I think my initial thought was, you know, I've been, you know, I'm 40 years old. I've been a Doctor Who fan since I was 14, well, when I became hardcore, started buying the VHSs. And I, I'm, I've consumed more Doctor Who than is than is healthy and i i mean i haven't even touched most of the spin-offs you know that <laughs> but i've still consumed more than it than is sane and so i'm always looking for something new that's what i want I, and that's what i love about the show is that there's never been like a single creative figure throughout the entire history of it it's always been new people coming in with new ideas you know behind the scenes and but uh on screen as well obviously and I I was just a bit like, oh, okay. Uh, but then I thought about it and I thought it's been, I realized one thing, It I, I, I was acting like RTD had left two, three years ago. And then again, this time thing, as somebody pointed out, it's been closer to 15. <laughs> and I thought about it more and I was like, okay, but this isn't, this isn't RTD coming back to this because his career has is in a slump. This is RTD who just wrote It's a Sin. You know, this is not, this is not a man who's been resting on his laurels. And so, and I mean, look, I'm not going to claim the reason he's coming back is completely altruistic. I'm sure at some point somebody drove up a dump truckload of money to his house as well. But I thought (laughs) if anyone's going to come back, okay, RTD. Because, you know, he hasn't done anything since 2009. It would be different. Like, I'm a huge Stephen Moffat fan, but Stephen Moffat wrote for the show for, you know, 10 seasons and, and show run, show, was a showrunner of six of those. So him coming back, I'd be like, no, you literally have said everything you've got to say. But RTD, it's been long enough. He's he's a better writer than... I, I like the RTD era, but he is a better writer now than he was then, I think. And so I'm like, okay, I I would rather have gotten someone new just if I'm being honest, there's part of me that wants radical new visions, but I'm really curious to, to see what he's got to say. And you know, I don't think he'll be doing it nostalgically. I don't think it'll just be like, oh, it's 2005 again. I don't. I don't think he's got any interest in doing that. So yeah, I'm cautiously excited, but I'm excited about Doctor Who again. And I'll be honest, it's been a while since I felt that. So generally good, but quite a few caveats to see how it goes. That's terrific. And how about you, Andrew? Yeah, much. I mean, I, I mostly I'm just going to echo a lot of Adam's thoughts. I mean, first and foremost, it put a huge grin on my face. I was really, really happy to see that he was coming back. I think, I think partly because, yes, like Adam says, haven't been hugely excited by Doctor Who the last couple of seasons. Um, and so there's, you know, and Russell T. Davis coming back it is, you know, it's a showrunner whose work I adore and really jive with in a way that I don't so much Chris Chibnall's um, without wanting to join the 
far too many people who hate unnecessarily on the poor guy. Um, you know, it's, um, and yeah, so I'm really excited for him for that reason. Um, I'm excited for him for other reasons. Um, you know, speaking of the people who hate unnecessarily on Chris Chimnall and his era, um, I'm very much, you know, like, you know, I'd very much have been worried when Chris Chibnall left that the BBC would look at kind of the way the show's dropped off a little in the ratings um, and the way that, um, and the backlash that has mostly come from right-wing trolls, um, you know, and they'd put um, two and two together and make five, and they'd, um, you know, assume that the best way to um, respond to that is to appease the right-wing trolls, and I, you know, like, this is Russell, you know, instead they brought back Russell T. Davis, um, who, as Adam said, is just coming off It's a Sin, who, you know, has never written anything to appease right-wing trolls in the over the course of mm -hmm. his career. You know, it's um, the anti-woke faction of fandom will not be getting what they want from a second Russell T. Davis era. So that's a comfort to me, I think, you know. Um, I think there's a very low chance we'll get a white male for 14 which is a good thing i don't think you know i think yeah like you wouldn't want them to like treat jody casting jody whittaker as a mistake um and yeah also rosie davis is a tremendously talented writer he did a great job with doctor who 10 years ago it was you know he did a job with it that got me into the show made me fall in love with it um, I'd want him to do something different this time round, um, you know, and I think he can. I mean, he's still got a lot of the same, I think, ticks as a writer. He's still, you know, like, you watch his work and it's still recognisably a Russell T. Davis show. I don't think it's going to be completely different to what you made in 2009, but I do think, you know, I don't think he'd be coming back to it if he thought he was just going to be saying the same things again. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for that reason. You know, in an ideal world, I think we'd be having someone new coming in. Um, yeah, and I think probably the reason Rusty Davis is coming back is because um, no one knew who the BBC wanted was available. Um, and, you know, people who might have been interested weren't people that the BBC wanted. And so Rusty Davis is probably taken over in a sort of caretaker position. Um, but you could do a lot worse for a caretaker showrunner, I think. I was listening to um, an episode of the Doctor Who Show podcast this morning, and they pointed out that RTD has already cast the 14th Doctor. If you look at his novelization of Rose, <clears throat> he talks about who all the Doctors are going to be after nine, and he actually has a 14th Doctor who is cast, who then on Twitter announced that she was the new Doctor because of her um, nonverbal cameo in the book. So... I don't know if that's going to be the actual TV 14th Doctor, but I do want to revisit a little bit later in the show who we think the 14th Doctor will be because I got opinions and I'm sure you all got opinions too. Uh, my gut reaction yesterday is I thought, again, I've been working at home for 18 months and at times I lose track of the season. I thought it was the 1st of April and I thought it was an April Fool's Day joke. And then I realized, no, wait, it's September 23rd. This can't be an April Fool's Day joke. And <clears throat> once I got to terms with the fact that this is actual news. I was uh, very excited. So, uh, as you say, Adam, it's been over a decade since he even left the show in the first place. And once his first new episode airs for the 60th anniversary, it will have been nearly 14 years since the end of time. So, what are your uh, memories, briefly, fond or otherwise, 
of RTD's original stint as showrunner, which was 2005 through New Year's Day 2010. Okay. Yeah, so um, as I said earlier, I think I grew up with the Russell T. Davis era. It's, um, you know, in many ways, it's nothing but fond memories because that was a huge part of shaping my childhood. I fell in love with Christopher Eccleston as the Doctor and uh, Billy Piper as Rose. Um, and then with um, David Tennant as the Doctor and uh, Freem Rajman and, um, uh, as Martha and um, Catherine Tate as Donna. Um, you know, it's... Um, yeah, I, you know, I have, yeah, I think what I remember from that run is just, like, it is a remarkably consistent run, um, you know, in terms of quality. You know, there's, um, you know, it's consistently good and reasonably often it's pretty great, actually, as well. Um, you know, it's, um, I mean, like, yeah, well, if we were to, you know, slight highlights, I'd probably be going for all the ones that people... Um, mention as just you know the obvious ones um you know whether they're the Moffat episodes from that era or the um you know or they're the Russell T or you know Paul Cornell episodes or you know the Russell T Davis highlights themselves you know um Turn Left, Midnight, um Bad Wolf Passing of the Ways but um yeah there's you know I think yeah it's just I think it's often just like fun to go back to that era and revisit the episodes that you know aren't necessarily remembered as classics and just realize wow Rusty Davis knew how to make really really solid strong Doctor Who like go back to Smith and Jones I think Stephen Moffat's raved about that script online at the time as being like just ridiculously tightly structured and plotted because it is it doesn't waste a line um, it establishes Martha's character really efficiently and quickly. Um, you know, it, you know, does incredible, you know, it, um, yeah, it's, um, it pushes, the, it's constantly pushing the plot forward. It's got a remarkably clever plot resolution, actually. Like, people don't think of Rusty Davis as a writer who can do clever plot. They think of him as the character writer, but, like, watch the plot of Smith and Jones. It's watertight. It's really well paced and structured. Um... Yeah, there's some, you know, and there are still some things that, you know, I don't jive with so much. Um, I think I mentioned it's consistency. I think, yeah, as an adult looking back, it's like there's a degree to which it's doing the same, more or less the same structure every season. And that does give it that consistency and cohesiveness, but it also means it can feel a little predictable at times. Um, yeah, I think there's also the element of like, you know, I don't think any of the finales ever quite reach bad finales but like you know you do get the sense of just the constantly escalating stakes got a bit exhausting to me even at the time um by around series four but you know like overall it's just an era i look back on and i have a lot of love for you know it's the one that got me into doctor who i know as far as the end of time goes that was perhaps a few bridges too far i have not <laughs> watched that since uh, it aired but my recollection is it was a lot more fun to watch in the moment than it was to think about and work out after the fact because there was so much going on and so many loose ends. But, Adam, for your part, uh, what are your memories from RTD's first well, term? I mean, just run? to say, the one thing that I actually recently did rewatch End of Time and I liked it more than I originally remembered, but I still have no idea why uh, the Tenth Order throws himself out of that. Uh, that the spaceship into the house it's 
such a weird moment. But I mean, my my <laughs> memory is, of course, like just 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 part yeah, of the exactly, next just story, land, just. Uh, I think Sonny wants to do a video where he just splats against the, um, the the dome and squeaks down, which I feel would have been more accurate, because I still, to this day, have no idea why he does that. But uh, there are worse things that happen in, in a Who episode, to be honest. But no, um, I mean, my memory is obviously of having, you know, being, a, 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 I guess, a classic fan, but having, like, like I said, fallen off a little bit, just because... You know, I've been a fan and I went to uni and I just got distracted by drinking and being bad at flirting and all those kind of things. And I was, you know, and like my VHS collection <laughs> were all back at my parents and stuff. So it wasn't, you know, a huge part of my life anymore. And, you know, I don't remember where I was when they announced it was coming back, to be honest. I, I cannot, I think I was in the pub. Somebody mentioned it to me. I was like, oh, okay. And then like, when I said, I'm just Christopher Eccleston, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then when they said Billy Piper, and I, I regret this, I was like, oh, and I, I really regret that attitude, and I, I dropped that about a lot of casting since. But, um, and I, but I remember the, you know, the first episode, which actually I didn't see live. I was weirdly enough, I was in the Millennium Center. I was doing something completely different, and somebody recorded it for me. But you know, I was in Cardiff, so that kind of counts. Um, but I remember watching it, and going, "Oh yeah, that was good. I enjoyed that." And then watching the second episode, and going, "Yeah, this is really." Time War? Ooh. And just kind of getting slowly sucked back into this world that I'd almost forgotten about and just, mm. you know, by like episode three or four being like, this is amazing. This is this is this is what I want for modern Who. And I just remember like calling my parents and calling my sister and we were all watching about it and watching it and we were all talking about it. It was like a regular thing. And like I remember my parents came to visit me that Christmas of the first season of the uh Christmas um invasion i remember we just you know we sat down and we watched it together and it was just like i was you know i was totally hooked i was totally back into the show and yeah i think like andrew like you said there is i wouldn't call it formulae but there is a formula and i mean when i say i hope you know he's i think he's going to do something different i don't think we're going to get that formula or at least i hope we're not but and you know Mm, it's mm. interesting to compare him to moffat because you know i at the end of the day, you know, my, actually my favourite era of modern Who is the Capaldi era, 100%. But what's interesting about, you know, mm, yeah, you know, because yeah. what's interesting about Moffat is he, is he can't quite, well, he never quite, he plays around with formulas. He's always like, actually, I want to try this, I want to try that, which is, is good, it, it, definitely. But the difference with RTD is he's like, okay, I've got this formula, can I perfect it? And and you're right, sometimes that, that the, the things that are good get better, but the things, you know, the, the, the flaws, do become more magnified. I mean, it took me a long time to 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 to, to try and work out. Mm. You know, was RTD parodying himself with the end of time when the threat is six billion masters? Because that kind of you know, we've got like billions of Daleks, billions of Simon, <laughs> and suddenly everyone is John Sims. It took me a long time. To, I was like, I think it's genius, but I'm not sure. <laughs> like, I'm not quite sure what tone you're aiming for here. Um, <laughs> But mm. I think, you know, it is like like any era of Who, you know, and I include the ones I love dearly in this, there are there are strengths and there are weaknesses. But mm. I think his strengths are always stronger than the weaknesses. And, it you know, it's an era I will always go back and watch. And like you're saying, yeah. actually, it's funny. It's not even, particularly with RTD, it's not always his classic episodes. Like, you're right, Smith & Jones is beautifully done. I've always thought it was underrated. Same with Partners in Crime. I, th- I feel like they're really strong, fun mm. starts. Yeah, like it's fun. 
it's took me years to appreciate that Gridlock is probably his strongest script on on that as well. Like, it, there's something quite slow burn about RTD in some ways. Like, you like mm. it, and then you go back and you pick up on all the other things and the things that make the episodes that maybe you like. Oh, it's all right. You go back and go, oh, oh no, actually, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, that that's brilliant. And mm. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm mm. tick. He was very good at making who. Sorry, I, I'm going to burble on for hours now if I'm not careful. But I'll say last thing I'll say on this is that he was always very good at getting who to reflect <laughs> modern culture. Uh, it felt like it was part of the of the modern time, mm. and given that he's a far more, and I mean this the best way, cynical writer or than perhaps people people tend to think of him as being light and fluffy and like as and Moffat as being dark, which is ridiculous because. That's that's not what they're like at all. I'm really curious how who who in the in this world that we're currently in what he's going to do with that. That I th- I feel like ooh, that that really excites me. I feel like I don't feel like who's been I don't say relevant, but I feel like the last time I watched Doctor and went, yep, yep, I know how that feels was actually Extremis, which is what t- 2017. But mm. yeah, very exciting. It's hmm. interesting. Adam has me a little worried now because if RTD's season finales were a million Daleks, a million Cybermen, a million Masters, what happens if the big bad for the next RTD season is Arado from Creature from the Pit and we have a million (laughs) Arados? So that is going to be an unfortunate extension of of the brand. But uh, this is not... This is not the first time that an old showrunner has come back to Doctor Who. So Barry Letts was a producer, writer, director uh, for all or parts of season 7 through 11. Um, he produced a little bit of season 12. He directed a little bit of season 13. He then came back to the show several years later and was the executive producer, uh, or in other words, he was uh, JNT's uh, supervisor, uh, for season 18, which, for my money, is probably one of the best uh, classic series mm-hmm. seasons. Can we take I any lessons from... Uh, I just finished watching it for my pilgrimage, which <laughs> Sorry, I'm so. doing on Twitter, and it was just... Uh, you know, Even Meglos I enjoyed this time. Just every episode was a <laughs> triumph. And if you're looking at the Blu-ray, you can actually read the production file for each of those episodes, and you can see Barry Litz's notes and suggestions, and... I mean, he wasn't just there in name only. He was adding value to the show, um, even though you had a terrific uh, script editor already in Christopher H. Bidmead. So uh, I'm going to direct this, I, I guess, more at you, Adam, uh, because you are closely approaching uh, my age and you were around for uh, the classic series. Uh, can we take any lessons from Barry Letts coming back to the show in 1980 and apply that to what RTD is going to do in 2023? Um, it's an interesting question. I feel it's worth remembering that the role RTD will be doing is different from what what a producer. Well, it's say sometimes it, the roles have all changed. Like what we think, you know, we always think the producer, script editor, and the classic series, and the showrunners are weird. Weird is quite right, but it's a combination of the two. Not really. I I don't actually think there's a lot to take of that, unless as some people have suggested. Because I mean, sorry, you may be going to bring this up. Uh, later, but let's not forget this isn't going to be technically Doctor Who made by the BBC. This is going to be made by Bad Wolf Studios. So we're also getting Julie Gardner back, and I wonder. Ooh. I mean, 
mm-hmm. without going into the whole politics of that, I don't really because the BBC now have to tender out their big shows essentially. Um, and this best case scenario for that, you know, like RTD Studio getting it, I'm like fine, absolutely. I was mm-hmm. dreading it be Netflix. I had this fear that it would be them. Um, Cancelled after two series, um, <laughs> inevitably. But um, yeah, um, you know, Barry Letts was brought in because they felt JNT was, was uh, inexperienced, and it's you know RTD is definitely not. Um, so, I it, it's interesting. I don't think there's really a lot of similar. I understand why people have made the comparison because it is the closest thing in the classic series. You know, we can go. Oh, yeah. You know, he came back, but I, I mean, I, I'm. It's gonna be really interesting to see how differently this is produced and made compared to how it was, you know, back in his original run. By the, you know, what what is going to be the difference between BBC Wales and Bad Wolf Studios? Like, I presume it might be easier for him because it's worth remembering he almost. You know, he's been very public about the fact. In fact, Moffat has said this about his time as well. They almost burnt themselves out doing it, you know, producing that number of episodes at that schedule. So mm-hmm. I think, I, I presume he's they've arranged something for to make an easier workload. And it wouldn't surprise me if a couple of years down the road, he might move into an executive producer position and somebody else takes over as showrunner. I would not be surprised if he's... If that happened, and he's always got a slight hand on it, but maybe not as intense. Like I, you know, maybe this is him. As I think Andrew, you said earlier about as a kind of caretaker showrunner, this could be quite possibly. You know, do the 60th anniversary, do a couple of series, mm-hmm. get it nice and running, get someone in. He moves back to an executive producer, so he can still advise and and say, "Oh, I think we should do this. I think we should do that." But he's not. He's not going to be. He's not going to be writing uh, emails to Benjamin Cook at 3 a.m. smoking and. Uh, saying about how he fancies someone in his skins you know it's not going to be that level of intensity for him <laughs> so yeah. Andrew let me turn over to you now with uh, another question uh, what do you think that RTD is going to do differently from Chibnall the man he's replacing in terms of series format or direction of story arc or casting hmm um, God only knows that. Um, I'd suspect that Russell T. Davis would still would probably be dialing it back from the three companions formula to mm-hmm. just doing one Doctor and one companion. Um, yeah, I think yeah. In terms of what he'd do differently, I mean, yeah, I think it's yeah. I think I'd expect him to do you know like be sticking to a similar number of episodes per series. To be honest, I don't think we're going to be going back to the days of. Um, 13 episodes per season for the reasons that Adam just outlined. Um, you know, I'd imagine that, you know, yeah, I can see them aiming to try and get a season out a year again, which obviously wasn't happening under Chibnall. And to be fair to Chibnall, wasn't really happening under Moffat towards the end either. It's, um, you know, it hasn't consistently happened since 2009, really. There have been bursts of like two years in a row where they've had two successive um where they've had full seasons, but, um, you know, there have been lots of seasons that have been broken up as split seasons, like Series 7, which was basically broadcast over two years, or, you know, then there was a big gap between Series 9 and Series 10, and then another big gap between Series 10 and Series 11. Like, it's been a series every 18 months for the past four or five seasons now, I think. Maybe I'm getting that count slightly wrong. 
since since series since series nine to series ten at least. Um, but yeah, so I can imagine they'd want to go for a more consistent thing. Um, yeah, I can see Rossi Davis wanting to dial it back to one companion again because that's that was a formula that he stuck with and made work. And while I think he'll want to do some things differently, I think the general feeling that yeah maybe four leads on the show was too many um, is one that I think yeah Rossi Davis would probably stick with too. Um, in terms, I think the main difference I think would see would be thematic. I think you know Chibnall to his credit. Um, wanted the show to be more diverse behind the camera and in front of the camera. Um, and those were welcome changes. I think those are things that Russell T. Davis will continue with, like I said earlier. Um, you know, um, but again, I think, yeah, maybe we'll see a bit less caution in there in the way he approaches doing that. I felt like at times, Chibnall, whether it was because of BBC Insight or his own caution, um, was maybe just a little bit holding back on um, the way he um, yeah did Doctor Who being diverse and being openly political to the um, as if he was maybe just a little bit afraid of you know pissing off the uh, right wing faction of uh, fandom too much and was trying to ease them into the concept of um, yeah a female Doctor and a more diverse show in general. Um, I can see yeah I can see Davis really just wanting to. Um, you know, not give that fandom, that corner of fandom any time of day whatsoever, basically, and just sticking to his guns on the, on the way he tells those kinds of stories. Um, yeah, that would be the thing, and that would be the thing I'd expect to see the most difference in. So, Andrew, you bring up a really good point, and you anticipate a question that I had for mm-hmm. further down on the script. So I'm just going to go off script and bring that question up now. So... When Chibnall announced he was leaving, we all had the chance to mentally cast our dream showrunners. I'm here in the States. I don't know the world of talent at the BBC, so I just assumed it was going to be somebody I'd uh, never heard of. But the point about diversity and inclusion um, is interesting where it intersects with Doctor Who because the very first two classic series seasons... Um, from 63 through 1965 were primarily made by outsiders. You had Sidney Newman as the creator, Verity Lambert as the first producer, and you had Waris Hussein as the very first director. These were not traditional voices inside the BBC in 1963. So after that, um, from 1965 onwards, Doctor Who became a show mostly by, for, and about white men. Now, I'm not saying that as a negative per se. Uh, Doctor Who has told very powerful stories of wide range, even in that narrow mm-hmm. lane of middle-aged white male producers. And as a middle-aged white male myself, uh, to me, that's what I grew up to expect. But uh, especially now, there is so much other talent out there. Uh, and considering the roster of producers and writers and directors of all races and genders and ages churning out game-changing hit after hit after hit for Marvel and for Disney and for independent movies and for other streaming properties, I think it is a fair question to ask. RTD is going to be 60 years old in the 60th anniversary season. Is another white male in his late 50s, even if he is a champion of diversity and inclusion like RTD, is that the best way to go for Doctor Who for 2023 and beyond? 
no, I don't think he is the ideal. Um, like I said, he wouldn't have been my ideal choice at the start, pretty much for that reason. Um, you know, and again, it's worth pointing out, Rossi Davis is a gay man. He's, you know, um, by no means, you know, like he's from a minority group himself. But nonetheless, um, yeah, he is another, you know, once again, we are going back not just to, we're not just doing another, a new middle-aged white man, we're doing a middle-aged white man who has already written for the show. Um, and yeah, I suspect if there had been, you know, there are lots of interesting, diverse voices in British television at the moment. Um, a couple that jump out to mind immediately are Sarah Dollard, who obviously mm-hmm. wrote Face the Raven and Thin Ice and is currently um, producing a bunch of series for, like, she's recently written for Bridgerton. Um, she's um, producing a series with Netflix. I think she's um, showrunning or at least lead writing on a series with Netflix at the moment. Um, uh, there's Nita Manzor, who um, wrote the fantastic We Are Lady Parts, which um, I fully recommend you should go and watch it it's hilarious and touching in equal measure um you know there's yeah lots of great you know diverse creatives out there there's phoebe waller bridge who made fleabag um yeah um yeah rose Massafeo recently did um a delightful series called starstruck which was just a sweet little rom-com um yeah, and it's like, yeah, some of these writers probably wouldn't be interested in Doctor Who. Um, you know, some of them would be. Nida Mansour wrote for, uh, yeah, Sarah Dollard obviously would. Mansour um, directed with season 12 as well. Um, yeah, and she's openly a fan, as I understand it. So there are, you know, there are voices in the industry. Um, Debbie Moon as well who wrote the um, children's TV series um, Wolfblood a few years back, which was fantastic. I don't know how she hasn't gotten involved in Doctor Who itself yet, to be honest, as at least as a guest writer. Um, you know, like, there's lots of voices who could be interesting on Doctor Who, and I think maybe, you know, maybe the BBC don't feel they're ready yet. I mean, I'd love to see the BBC take a chance on a fresh voice who doesn't have a huge amount of experience yet, just because, I mean, yeah... There's, um, you know, like the last time that happened was out, was with Andrew Carmel, and I love the Carmel era a lot. It's, you know, one of my favourite eras of the show. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, if you know, if the BBC wants someone with a bit more experience, then Russell Davis is a good choice to go back to for the reason that he will continue to champion diversity, and I imagine he'll want to foster more diverse voices on the show going forward as well um like the last show he worked with other creatives on you know like most of his shows since doc two have been solo projects but he did um produce the anthology series um banana which went with his um solo series cucumber um yeah about kind of the um, lgbt scene in manchester and um that folk that featured a lot of um yeah um non-white male um creatives and lots of um lgbt creatives um writing for that series as well um folks and it focused on you know um lgbt voices that weren't just white gay men who you know again you know uh worth telling you know who have a lot of interesting stories to tell but um, you know, it's um, yeah, it focused on perhaps the more marginal the groups within the arg- the LGBT community who are marginalised even within that community. Um, so yeah, I think you can see in his recent work that he does want to you know champion voices that aren't just 
you know, people who look and sound like him. And I think if there's anyone you want to be like taking care of Doctor Who short term to like hopefully give a new generation the chance to take over, Rusty Davis again is a good place to go. So I think Andrew's answer gives me a lot of hope and I think you're hundred percent right, but Adam, do you have anything else to add along that um, same topic? I, mean, I think Andrew covered it very well, to be honest. Um, I agree that there are a number of people. I mean, people always go, "Who's the ideal successor to be the showrunner?" And this, you know, this this was the what people started saying the moment Chibnall announced he was going. And I, I think people sometimes have odd ideas about what they'd be like. Oh, they've got to be a fan. It's like, okay, what does that mean? Like, do they have to understand the references to Brain of Morbius that are in Timeless Children? Because, you know, that, 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 it's, it's like, I always say, yeah, but you know, you know who wasn't a fan when he started writing the show? Robert Holmes, Terence Dix, David Whittaker, you, you know, all these classic, they, they, Andrew Cartmel actually wasn't, you know, he said he, he was, obviously he was familiar with it, but he wasn't like, yeah. like, a, he wasn't, he wasn't Ian Levine to choose another 80s example. Um, so I, I'm, I maybe I was hope. I mean I don't know what the BBC have been. You know, I've always been a little risk averse, and they're particularly at the moment. I think so. You know, I guess he was a safe option, but I, yeah, no, I I really hope, and I think he will. I think he will encourage diversity because that is ultimately any problem I have with the Chibnall era. I will always applaud his yeah his attempt to get you know on screen behind the scenes more diversity, and mm. I don't think you know RTD is going to go. Oop, time to give. Gareth Roberts a call um, or anything like that I think he's going to want to bring in new voices and new people I think sorry can I just um, yeah regarding Gareth Roberts sorry I just I don't know if either of you have seen the tweets um, someone asked him <laughs> yes, if he'd, I know, yes. Um, be coming back for the new <laughs> series and he said he yeah he said he'd rather stick his cock in a blender and honestly I've never been happier to see a Gareth Roberts tweet <laughs> you know um, <laughs> Uh, so uh, speaking of males and sticking their bits into blenders um, (laughs) quick hit will the 14th doctor remain female under I really hope so because I don't want Jodie to be the woman do you know when we when we the fandom always comes up with short phrases for doctors like Mm. uh, bohemian chess player pleasant open face (laughs) <laughs> cosmic hobo i don't want them to be when it comes to jody i don't want them to be the woman you know and it would it would feel like particularly as it could be argued and you know it's always worth acknowledging there are people who have loved this era who, they, you know there are people it will have who have watched it would have watched up to for the first time who mm. will be fans and will have you know and there may be children now and in 10 15 years they'll have their own podcast saying how people like us were totally wrong um and that's brilliant, and that is that is fantastic. And I, but I, I just don't want, um, I don't want her to be seen as a, a, as failed. I don't want to see her as the idea of having having a, a female doctor to be have been a failure. And there'll always be people. Yeah, you know, there are plenty of terrible human beings who will spin it that way, regardless. And fine, whatever. You just block them, ignore them. Yeah, you know, mm. it doesn't matter how many missing episodes they've discovered. Just, just, just block them. Um, but. <laughs> you know, and so yeah, I think he will. I think he. I don't think he'll want to go go back. Um, it, but we'll see. I mean, there is an element of 
I I hope, but I you know I couldn't I couldn't say for a hundred percent for certainty. But I I th- I don't think he'll want to go back. Uh, the person you just alluded to there about the missing episodes actually blocked me. So <laughs> well fortunately, done. I will have no way of knowing what that person has to say about it. <laughs> uh, uh, so what I want to do then is talk a bit about what else RTD has done since the end of time. Uh, we've talked about uh, a little bit about It's a Sin, which I watched that earlier this year over five nights. And... That blew me across the room, and it has stayed with me, and I actually dreamed about half of it the other night. So he's capable of incredible work, even in a non-science uh, fiction or genre vein. But I'm going to have to admit, especially being here in the States, uh, where you have to either pay extra or go above and beyond just to find some of these series, I am not familiar with most of what he's done, and I have not seen most of what he's either done or what Bad Wolf Studios has produced in the last 10-15 years. So, um, if you guys want to jump in, and I'll start with uh, Adam for this one, what has RTD done in the last 10 years that is a must-see, and how might his storytelling for those other shows reflect on what he might do differently for Doctor Who 2023. Well, I would just say something very quickly. I had an It's a Sin dream as well, and it was incredibly distressing, but amazing drama, so I don't regret it. Um, that last episode will haunt me, I think, for the rest of the day. I will rewatch it one day, but it's going to take a while. Um, in terms of what he's done... I mean, the most sci-fi thing he's done outside, it would be Years and Years, which I liked. I, I don't think it's as strong as his other work, necessarily. I think there's lots of good things in there, but I I, I felt the ending flubbed it a bit, um, if I'm being honest. But, you know, I, I think the parts were interesting enough that, you know, I didn't... I enjoyed watching it. I would watch it again. Um, and obviously, there's also... People don't tend to talk about it quite so much, but A Very English Scandal is i thought brilliant absolutely brilliant that that mix of funny sad dramatic that he does so well um it's a really interesting question how they're going to impact uh his 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 new new who um i mean i i, I guess we we've already talked about diversity and there, there there's quite a you know diverse cast in years and years Somebody did say that Jessica Hines' character... Is it Jessica Hines? Uh, yeah. Um, is a little bit like him working out how to write a female doctor. Yeah. Which I can see. I, c- I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I mean, I honestly, I'm not... Oh, no, sorry. I was just going to say, I'm not quite sure. I mean, in some ways, they're, they're, they're more just ref- refinements of what he does already, which is that mix of comedy and and darkness and light mm. and 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 his thoughts about people which i think are people are great but people are stupid at the same time which i feel is very much an rtd thing and i i so yeah i, I mean, honestly I'm, I'm not quite sure like i can talk about the work he's done since that i've seen i haven't actually seen cucumber on it uh which is something i'm gonna have to rectify i think he's on all four but i, I it's really until until i think we see his next who work I, I don't know. I honestly don't know how it's going to impact. So it's probably not 
But I, Andrew, I don't know if you've got a, an idea how it might. Yeah, no, I think I'd agree with most of what you said there. Um, you know, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, the, I think one way I've seen it described that you could talk about years and years is that um, it's basically a story with, um, you know, Jessica Hines as the doctor and um, Emma Thompson <laughs> as the master. Yeah, um, that's it. It's um, yeah. one of the, um, yeah, it's, yeah. In a sort of um, unit start in a in a unit era style Earthbound story, um, but yeah, no, it's it is very much him. Like I mean, a lot of the themes and like the tropes from his TV, his you know his original era, are still there in years and years. So yeah, like I said, I don't think thematically he's going to change that much, or stylistically he's going to change that much. As I said at the start, you know, you watch a Russell T Davis show. And you know it's a Russell T. Davis show. The things he cares about, he's still writing about. Now, again, like there are, yeah, like I said, I think, you know, he's um, moved more into trying to, like, you know, um, like I think he's made tentative steps towards maybe including, for example, more transgender rep. I'd love to see that in, um, yeah, um, series 14 onwards because, I mean, I'd love to see it in series 13 as well, but um, yeah, that, yeah, broad point, you know, there hasn't been any real transgender rep in Doctor Who, um, you know, <laughs> outside of Cassandra briefly in the end of the world, I suppose, and that's problematic. But um, yeah, I think it's a thing that Russell T. Davis has shown signs of wanting to do better on in his work, you know, and similarly in like focusing on like just general minority groups that perhaps haven't, you know, yeah, haven't cropped up in his work before um, so much. Um, I think he'll, you know, like like I said, I think the main change will be, like I said, he won't want to stick to quite the same season formula. You know, he'll probably want to um, pace it up two seasons differently. Maybe he'll want to try, you know, arcs that are spread across multiple seasons if he stays for multiple seasons, if it's, you know, a more than one season and then hand it over to the next person deal or he might want to um you know exp- you know he might want to try them off that thing and start with a do- a two passer or something like that or um you know play with the format of the doc two season a bit rather than just the you know opening triptych past present future um followed by you know um a mid-season monster two passer followed by a you know thorny spiky one in the middle followed by a couple of odd experimental um doctor light stories followed by the big guns blazing finale i imagine he'll be doing something you know he might try and you know play around with that a bit um but like and i'm sure he'll have like new ideas for what to do with doctor who itself you know what his take on i don't know the 14th doctor is going to be um will probably be a bit different to um you know when he introduced christopher eccleston or when he introduced david tennant um but so, you know, again, like maybe the types of characters you'll explore will be slightly different, but I can't see, yeah, major changes, which is ultimately why Russell C. Davis kind of needs for Doctor Who, I think, kind of only needs this to be a temporary thing, I think, really, a caretaker type thing where he's handing over to someone else, really, rather than a long term thing. But, you know, nonetheless, I'm still excited. <laughs> So I was watching last night um, a live stream discussion on Facebook reacting to the RTD news, and this was from two of my American friends who were part of the Doctor Who convention scene in Atlanta. And I jumped in with a comment as they were talking about It's a Sin. I was saying, I'd like to see the Ali Alexander Doctor. 
and they responded without hesitation. They'd rather see the Ali Alexander master. And after that, I just can't unsee that. But as a segue, um, who else from RTD's company of actors do you think we might be seeing, either as the doctor or as a companion, when he comes back? I mean, Lydia West gets name gets thrown around a lot. Um, mm. I, I'm, I'm not annoyed, but I, people have been throwing it around for, uh, for a while. And I always say, look, just because somebody works at RTD doesn't mean they're going to get cast as a doctor. And now I've been proven completely wrong on that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, she she gets named a lot. Um, <laughs> Travis, I'm really bad at remembering actors' names, so this is going to be... Uh, the woman who plays the general in Hellbent, and she's in years, years and years... And when you actually talked about... Tanya Miller. Yes. And because when you talked about uh, Black Woman with a Flaming Sword, I think that's what everyone's pictured. I, I would very much like to see her in the role. I think she'd be fantastic. Mm. Yeah, the Oli Alexander mm. thing, mm. I I don't know if he'd take yeah. it because he's also, got, has he, he's also got a music career, I think. And I'm sure whatever they right, do, right, Doctor right. Who is, even if they change how they produce it, it's an intensive role. You know, actors, when they're playing it, do not do anything but play the Doctor. And I think that's always got to be taken into account. I, could, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I, I could see him turn mm. up. And him as, as as the Twink Master is uh, is an interesting image, which I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I think could work. I, I'm not saying it would, would work. I, I, it's just... But even yeah. Lydia West, I think she's great. But I do think is she a bit young to play the Doctor? But I kind of want an older woman in the role as well. I've been like, she's, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, uh, Lydia West, worth noting, same age as Matt mm-hmm. Smith when he was cast. So you know, precedent there set. You know, as far as I'm concerned, um, I think I've seen people suggest. Tanya Miller as the Doctor and Lydia West mm-hmm. as the companion, which I think would be great. I would love to flip that on its head and have it the other way around, just because, yeah, I, I I like that dynamic of the Doctor being a younger actor and the companion being a middle-aged actor. And, like, yeah, I think that could be a fun one to play with, I think. But, um, I mean, any combination, any, either of them in any of the, like, lead roles would be great. Um, you know, and like I said, you could go for Jessica Hines as well. She'd be also fab, you know. Um, I do think I'd like to see mm-hmm. a non-white yeah. actress get the role, really. Because, um, yeah, like, we've had 13 white doctors now, you know. Um, we've had Joe Martin as, like, a yeah one-off doctor, as a, you know, as a Mayfly doctor. But, I yeah, I want to see her. <laughs> It'd be great to have a main doctor being, um yeah, the... Being, uh, yeah... Uh, Minority ethnic character, that would be good. You know, I think that would be a welcome step forward, really. So let's talk next about the elephant in the room, which is the timeless child. So Hmm. when RTD came back in 2005, he made sure that there was a direct line of continuity between season 26 and his first series. He was not doing a reboot, he was not doing a reset. He was doing a continuation, so he brought back a slew of returning monsters all the way from the Daleks to the Sensorites 2.0 to the Macra, and when Gridlock (laughs) revealed the Macra, 
I think we can safely say none of us saw that coming. Um, and he also, of course, brought back a few returning characters, uh, not the Doctor, who had been in the, in the classic series. When RTD comes back, must he be beholden to the Chibnall years? And is he going to be obliged to continue the story work that Chibnall was doing, even if that means taking your entire franchise and contorting it in service to an out-of-context 45-second clip from 1976's The Brain of Morbius? (laughs) Or should he do a reboot now and pretend the last 18 years didn't happen and do whatever he wants? Um, Uh, Let's start with you, Andrew. Um... I don't think he has to do... I don't think he has to continue or do a complete reboot. I think, you know, you can... um, like I imagine the Timeless Children storyline, that's Chibnall's storyline, that's his idea for the show, and he'll probably wrap it up to the, you know, in terms of, like, to the best degree he can in um, Series 13. Um, You know, yeah. Whether there'll be, you know, more questions fandom has that they're desperate to see answered or whether they, you know, are happy to then just leave it to that era is for Rossity Davis to decide, I think, you know. Doctor Who, because that's the thing, Doctor Who, like, I mean, when Moffat took over, he still, again, continued in the spirit of the Rossity Davis era, but he didn't um, feel the need to um, bring back, you know, to um, have the Doctor check in with... Um, Rose Tyler every um check in with Martha Jones every week. She's the yeah, Martha Jones every week or um yeah, or ask Wilf how he's doing. You know, it's um there's you know, you can um yeah, kind of continue the story, pick up where that era left off and then carry on from there. And, you know, Chibnall did the same when he took over from Moffat really, as well. You know, um Jodie Whittaker references being a um the uh yeah, a uh, grey-haired Scotsman. She, um, you know, she um, picks up the um, fez from Kablam in, yeah, series 11. But, um, you know, there's not, like, a huge, you know, there's brief references to Storm Cage as well. But, like, there's no neat, you know, and Rusty Davis was the same again with Classic Who when he brought it back. He brought back the monsters slowly and, like, methodically, but he didn't feel the need to um, continue with the continuity. In fact, he made a radical break from it with the Time War, um, that's the thing, you can always change it up, reset in whatever way you want. Ross Davis used the Time War, Moffat used the um, cracks in the universe, Chibnall just had a continuity light season after the Capaldi years had been very continuity heavy. Um, yeah, and that's what I'd expect Ross T. Davis to do, if I'm honest. It's what he's done before. That's, that's very comforting, and I hope he picks up on that. And <laughs> Adam, how about it's interesting you said there was direct. Uh, continuation from 26 to to the first Chris Rackerson year but actually it, there's a definite argument that until school reunion that there's no absolute confirmation that this is in the same continuity like it could be a reboot um, and also mm, of course mm. Half Human never comes up mm. like Moffat kind of cheekily winks at it in yep, in Hellbent but right, even right, then right. it's it's blink and you miss it um, yeah uh, <laughs> You know, and I so, so I suspect the timeless uh, Charles of yeah, it's Chibnall's thing. He's I, I think it's going to be like I even if he doesn't wrap it up completely, I think RTD's just going to be like is not going to be beholden to what's gone before. He's just going to be like, mm. and this is the advantage of Doctor. You know, you can either invent reasons that things have been wiped from from continuity, or the Doctor just does not care and go off in a completely different time and place in the TARDIS and never mention it again. 
and I suspect we're going to get. I'm not. I'm not going to say that there's going to be no references to the Chibnall years or anything like that. But I suspect the timeless child, child thing will not be heavily referenced, and it's certainly not going to be a plot point. Um, no more than than I thought the hybrid was going to be a plot point in the in the Whitaker years. Um, though I, I've always maintained that actually uh, Chibnall has never watched the Capaldi era um, because <laughs> for reasons, um, but. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't think we have to worry about. It. I think he, I think he, you know, I think one thing RTD will want to do is is make Doctor Who as as accessible to anyone who's watching it for the first time as possible. So it's going to be a a fairly clean slate with probably a kind of few kind of winking references and maybe once a bit more confidence in it, a couple more obvious uh, nods. Unless Yaz is going to turn up to be in the next season fourteen. So, I'm going to turn back over to you, Andrew. I want to start a bit of a lightning round here. Okay. Uh, what's your wish list of things that RTD should and should not bring back for his next season? Um. Oh, sugar. Um. Yeah, you said you said <laughs> lightning. I I don't have you know. Um. Should bring back. Um. I'm just going to give a joke answer and say he should bring back Irato, no more Daleks, no more Cybermen. I actually want that finale with um, a million Eratos there. And Adam, how about you? What do you want to see and never see again from RTD's toolbox of uh, returning monsters? I would very much like the plungers to come back on the Daleks. I do not like the claws. Um... Mm. As for what I don't want to see again, that's. I mean, I'm tempted to say the weird bandage monsters in a Ghost Monument because I still don't understand what that was about. Um, <laughs> to be honest, um, I, I think. Yeah, I, oh, I could be really cruel and say jokes. I want jokes to come back to Doctor Who. Um, but I think. Yeah, I. I <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say plunges on Daleks. I just really want them back. Uh, there's nothing. I feel I think RTD is good enough that if he does take anything from the Chibnall era, even if it wasn't something I was particularly keen on, he'll make it interesting. So I'm pretty much afraid of bringing anything back that he wants to, to be honest. Mm. Oh, actually, you know what? No, no more, no more New Day, New Year's Day specials because that's a rubbish day to have Doctor Who because that's when you're hungover and you have to go back to work after your holiday. I want Christmas specials. Mm. Oh yes, yes. Okay, um, could I? If I if I could give a more serious answer, I'd love to see an Ood story again. Ood are great. Um, you know, let's do a post-colonial Ood story, please. Um, um, and yeah. the Ood having been the Censorites 2.0 and me being the world's foremost champion of the Censorites, I am totally on board <laughs> with that. Here's a quote that uh, one of my Doctor Who writer friends put on Facebook last night, and I don't know where this was cut and pasted from, but it appears to be from a, an interview. I was in the middle of running an empire, Davis said earlier this year, looking back over his time on the series. And my god, I did that ten years too soon, didn't I? There should be a Doctor Who channel now. You look at those Disney announcements of all those new Star Wars and Marvel shows, you think, we should be sitting here announcing the Nyssa Adventures or the Return of Donna Noble, and you should have the 10th and 11th Doctors together in a ten-part series, genuinely. So this is a quote from RTD earlier this year. And alluding, of course, to the Marvel Universe and uh, what Star Wars is now getting to show on Disney+. Plus. 
so it's this tantalizing idea that you can hold many, many different stories using different characters in the Doctor Who universe, and you can do a Marvel What If, or you can do a Star Wars Visions, or you can do um, The Mandalorian, which is uh, a very slow-paced, moody western in space where actors can get fired for saying horrible things on Twitter and never mentioned again. What part of that um, do you think RTD might be able to achieve, um, given his own production company, given a little more money? Can he transform Doctor Who from one six-episode show a year to a continuity of different series with different characters. And my God, the idea of the Nissa Adventures, please, I will sacrifice portions of my anatomy to see that. So what are what do you think RTD can do apart from Doctor Who, the main series, along the lines of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the Star Wars series on Disney Plus? Um I I'm a little more cynical about that, to be honest. Um, I I just want good a good Doctor Who series. Uh, I yeah, spin-offs. We have loads of spin-offs because we have Big Finish. Um, and I'm never quite sure that Doctor Who, uh, th- th- this desire to turn Doctor Who in a, into a franchise, I don't say confuses me, but. I mean, he had. Can he do it? Yes, of course. He kind of he did it before. We had Torchwood and the Sarah Jane Adventures. Um, so you know, it's been mm. done. And yeah, you know, th- those are. Yeah, I'm very fond of the Sarah Jane Adventures. Torchwood is at least always interesting, um, in in various ways. But <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I mean, I say this, but you know, then he'll announce something like. Oh, Sylvester McCoy's coming back, and I'll be like, "Hooray!" And then I'll be, I'll be absolutely like, "I'm on board, one hundred percent. I, I love you." Um, kind of thing. So yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I yeah. Hobbit I, I mean, I feel like any spin-off ideally should come natu- naturally out of the program, or at least the idea should be plant- planted in the current series. And because look at class, um, I'm actually, I actually quite like class i think it's deeply flawed mm. but i could see how they it, it, it's it's, yeah. it's improved like they could mm. any problems in series one could have very easily been improved in series two it's not wouldn't been difficult but as a spin-off it comes out of nowhere we don't know these mm. characters it's like oh we set it in Cohill school oh great you know that's not a spin-off that's like that's a location who tries to do a spin-off based on a location there's no <laughs> crossover characters except for the headmaster who gets eaten in in the second episode mm. And I, you know, this this would at least be my thing. <laughs> I do I do love the sheer balls of that from Patrick Ness. There, just like taking the one already very obscure character who is the only connection to Doctor Who and just killing him brutally in Episode Two. It's uh, I'm not sure it's a good choice. It's it's a choice, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, wild. it's brave. It's, it, you know? it's brave. <laughs> I think I love it. And to be honest, um, I didn't even recognise the actor as being having already been in Doctor Who. I was like, oh yeah, no, he was, wasn't he? After somebody else pointed it out to me. So I, if they're going to be spin-offs, I you know. I, I would leave the classic characters to be honest. I would leave that to Big Finish because they, you know, they're already doing that, and they they can be nerdy in a way that even a TV a TV spinoff can't be because it's always got to reach a bigger audience. But you know, I'm not averse to spinoffs, but just make sure that somehow they're connected to the program. I mean, it's lovely to see Peter Capaldi turn up in like the first episode of Class, but it 
it it always cracks me up like like it's like the longest uh, pre-credit sequence and he turns up and solves the pro- problem in like by, by turning up the lights um uh, yeah I, I i'm not against yeah. the doctor expanded doctor universe but I, I i don't think you should do it just because that's what everyone else is doing uh, i think it can be argued that because doctor who has taken place over so many different subgenres and has had so many characters you could do eight episodes a year of the 14th Doctor and then do a single limited eight-episode run of uh, Unit or an eight-episode run of Somebody's Adventures on Scarrow. There, there is room, and I'm not of the kind of brain that can effortlessly, effortlessly plot this out, but there, there is room for other stories with, with the sub-characters or, or companions. Um, I'm just not sure how it, of course, would actually work, but... RTD was, he's right, he was doing this 10 years before anybody else was, and it all went away, and he could possibly pick up the torch and do it again, but um, to quote Remembrance of the Daleks, time will tell, it always does. And of course, that quote was actually featured in Warriors of the Deep before it was featured in Remembrance of the Daleks, but nobody remembers that. Uh, Let's go to final Hmm. thoughts. Um... Adam, what else do you want to say about the return of Russell T Davies? Um, I mean, I think like 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 you know, if I was summing it up, like I said, I I am happier than I about him returning than I was at the initial news, and I am looking and I am generally genuinely excited um to 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 see what he's going to do and to see who they cast as a new doctor. I just I think my final thought is in some ways I feel sorry for Jodie Whittaker, because I feel like her era, regardless of what I think of it personally or or how I feel about a a lot of it, and there are, like I said, there are things I really like and episodes I really like in it. I will always go to bat for Demons of the Punjab. I think that's one of the best episodes they've done Mm. ever. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the best episode, I think, of the Whittaker era. I feel like it's the one that goes, this is how you make this work. And everyone goes, yeah, right. And they do something completely different instead. But... I, I feel it's it. I've seen a lot of ref and the Colin Baker era has been on my mind a lot because I I just did a couple of guest spots on uh, the Watch the Thunder Rassilon talking about Trial of the Time Lord, and I I hope she gets a, some kind of chance to 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 do to do something else with the character at some point because she's you know people will always remember RTD coming back. I mean the sheer level of I haven't seen Doctor Who Twitter that excited or hyped up for. Ages as 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 it was um, on Friday, and mm. you know the the Whitaker era follows, and I know it's not popular with everyone, but the Capaldi era, which I feel has been gaining in critical praise, I feel like more and more people seem to be coming around to at least what it's doing and and all that, and I feel yeah, I I, I just hope I hope I hope she gets more chances. I hope you know I hope Big Finish sign her up. Um, but yeah, I'm I am cautiously excited. Cautiously excited. And Andrew, final thoughts. Um my first final thoughts are that um it is kind of natural that people don't remember Warriors of the Deep. Um <laughs> sorry, going back to what you said a few minutes ago. Um sorry, that was <laughs> that was irrelevant. Um 
Yeah, what were my final thoughts other than the ones I already had? Um, my other final thoughts were I feel very sorry for John Michael Straczynski. I mean, he, he, he tried so hard to um, get the role by um, asking the BBC on Twitter. <laughs> um, what was I? Um, sorry. Um, yeah, that's a bit... <laughs> Sorry, I had to be a bit silly there. It's, um, no, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to new Russell T. Davis, who, because it's been a long time since he's come back, and, you know, Stephen Moffat was asking him back for an entire, um, you know, um, eight-year tenure, so it's it's nice that um, he finally got there. On, on that topic, I would love to see a Stephen Moffat episode, guest episode. Yeah, he's said everything he needs to say, and I don't, I don't think I'd want him back as a showrunner. But, um, you know, like, I, I think El Sandifer um, memorably tweeted that um, there is, you know, pretty much, it's pretty much guaranteed that um, Russell T. Davis um, sent Stephen Moffat an email saying, look, if I'm coming back, you're coming back too. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, mostly I'm hoping for an era that, you know, where Rossi Davis, you know, probably I'd love to see another Stephen Moffat episode. I hope we see an era where, um, Russell T. Davis does as many new things as he can, um, with the show, um, and where he's, you know, bringing in, you know, as many new voices as he can, um, and where he carries on the, um, good things that came from the Chimnall era, and runs with them in earnest, basically. Well, that was terrific. I want to thank both of you for joining us this week. And I'll tell the audience, you can find past episodes of Trap One on your podcatcher of choice. And, of course, trapone.podbean.com. Adam, again, where can we find you on the Internet? And do you have any projects you want to point out to our audience? Yes, well, you can find uh, me on Twitter at uh, Adam J. Clegg. I think that's my Twitter handle. I've literally just forgotten that. Um, you, I, and as always, I would like to plug my Sylvester McCoy podcast, um, which you can find on uh, on iTunes. Uh, so it's Real McCoy, and you can find it on find us on Twitter at Real underscore Pod. We've covered all the mccoy tv episodes and we're currently looking at a selection of the new adventures so you get to occasionally hear me say the word looms um and yeah that's 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 where you can find me andrew um yeah again i promoted it at the start but i'm always willing to shout it out again 12th doctor fan audios um is um the um, fan audio series that I run. Um, we make full cast audio dramas um, about the Twelfth Doctor um, and his new companion, Ella Fitzalan, um, starring um, Guillaume Bebe um, as the Twelfth Doctor, doing a fabulous impression. Um, we've got three ep- three full episodes out so far, plus a few short sketches. Episode four should be coming out next month. Um, We've um, yeah. You can find us um, on Twitter at, at Doctor Who fan. I'm sorry, at, at DW Fan Audios, um, or just type Twelfth Doctor Fan Audios in. You'll probably find us. Um, likewise, you do that on YouTube, Spotify, um, Anchor, iTunes, probably any podcasting platform. You should be able to um, find us there as well. Um, so that's um, yeah. That's my big Doctor Who project that's ongoing. 
Um, so um, yeah, if you if you want to see me tweeting my silly tweets, you can find me on at scarves and c, um, scarves and celery. And you can find me on Twitter at Doctor Who Novels. So that's at Dr Who Novels, where my tweet through of the classic series has just finished, Resurrection of the Daleks. Um, at the time of recording, I will be starting Planet of Fire, which is one of my favorites, and I know it's one of Mark's favorites too. Tonight. And by the time this drops, I will probably be somewhere in between the Caves of Androzani and the story that comes after the Caves of Androzani. You can find Mark. Uh, I'm not going to say anything more than that. (laughs) You can find Mark, as always, on Twitter, at Quark McMouse. Thank you so much for joining us. Andrew, Adam, thank you so much for bringing uh, so much entertainment value to the last hour and a half. And good night now. Bye. Good night.